All right, welcome back to another edition of the Edtrix Podcast. I'm Quinn Henderson. I'm Matt Winters. And today with us, we have Jared Covilli. Welcome, Jared. Thanks, it's good to be here. Well, Jared, when we, when we get started with the guests, we like to hear a little bit about where you're doing, what you're doing. We know where you're at. We can see you right here with us. But what you're up to, what you're doing, what you're working on. So tell us what you're up to. So I've um, been in educational technology for a while. This last couple of years, I've kind of found niches in different areas of educational technology, specifically some of the things I'm working on. Um, I work as part of the volunteer board for the USET conference, and uh, I've been heavily involved in sponsoring and running kind of the ed camps, as well as doing uh, a weekly Twitter chat called Utah Ed Chat. So that's kind of some of the things that I've been doing that's a little bit out of the ordinary recently. That's great. You stay pretty busy. I know that. So we appreciate you being here. Yeah, you're you're a big part of those of those areas. We were. I went to USEP for the first time this year, actually, and um, you were all over the the branding and everything. I had a little overexposure at USEP this year with some of the videos that they put out. Yeah. Yeah, overexposure. I think would be kind of the understatement of yeah, that a because because you you definitely took some for the team in that case. Um, but I. I, I always know when Jared's around, we're going to have a good time. We were in the Demo Slam um, together, the Google Demo Slam, um, and that was a lot of fun as well. Yeah, it was a wonderful conference, and that's really where we got a lot of our push here. This in South by Southwest over the last couple months. Um, how did you get started in EdTech? Because you said before we started re- recording that you are a recovering English teacher, ELA teacher. How did you make that jump from being a classroom teacher to being focused completely on EdTech? So when I was a language arts teacher, you know, educational technology was around, but it was still kind of in its embryo form. It was still kind of getting going. And uh, out of the blue, I got involved trying to create websites for the classrooms that I was doing um, for some of the different classes. I was a literary magazine teacher, and I thought the best way to sell this thing is to publish it some way beyond just a printed book. And so we started put, putting content out online. So I actually learned how to do Dreamweaver years and years ago. <laughs> All and, right. uh, and I took a class from UEN, that's Utah Education Network, um, and I just wanted to learn how to do it for myself and found that I was pretty interested in it. And out of the blue, like a few months after I had taken some of those classes, the University of Utah started a master's program on educational technology, and they were looking for applicants. So I, I was only in my third year, second year as a teacher, but I thought I've got to jump into this and see what this is all about. And it kind of led me to, before I was even done with the program, I had kind of already gotten into this. I had left for UEN to work there now instead of being a student there. And uh, the rest is history. Wow. That's a great story. I mean, you really, that the, the jump that you made there is pretty smooth. And that, that seems to be a wonderful part of your experience. but. I- we're, yeah. I'm just still impressed with the Dreamweaver yeah. thing because <laughs> I, I tried the whole Dreamweaver thing and I was like, oh man, that, that's a large investment to be able to start to create your own websites. Yeah, it's um, a lot of dedication. I mean, right now you could go on Google Sites and make a website pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, that's more my style. That's definitely yeah. more my yeah, style. Yeah, just but... a different world back then. No, mm-hmm. None of the drag and drop kind of stuff yet. But, but still, it was something that I was interested in. And it's funny, before I even finished my master's degree, um, I had somebody kind of ask me, well, what do you want to do with this? And I said, I think I want to work at UEN. And within a couple of months, a job came available, and I applied for it. Meant to be. Yeah, it all kind of works out. But you know what I, I've noticed and with a lot of people that have 
are really proficient in the ed tech side or have made kind of that same leap. It's it's those same type of people that have said, I'm going to go just try this. I'm going to go tackle this. And it seemed like maybe a formidable task, but they saw the value in bringing that into the classroom like you, the literary part, giving the students a chance to publish their work um, through the web. So it's it's amazing to see kind of those similar things. It'd be interesting to find out, is there something that would help spark that for other teachers? Yeah, absolutely. What would you say I, uh, at this point, um, I mean, ed tech's everywhere for all different it's sorts crazy. of, th- yeah, there's just so much out there. Um, somebody who is new to ed tech, where would you say they need to start? What would be their focus? Do you know, it's funny because everybody thinks that when you, when you get involved in technology, it's all about what you know. And I don't think it has very, I think it has very little to do with what you know. When people ask me, what's the number, like the couple of skills that you feel like anybody needs to have to do what I do? And I say, you have to be passionate about education. And you have to be really patient with people. Like, I would say that's more important than a really strong knowledge of any one program or any set of tools or all these things. I've developed most of my skills on the fly as I've been working. Mm. You know, just like anybody does it. I don't think it matters what curriculum you teach or what grade level. If you have the passion and the interest and you're willing to keep at it, you'll figure out the rest of that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I see that same thing in, in some of the things that Matt shares sometimes. It's just a matter of diving into it and trying it out, having that patience, but that kind of that mindset, too, that I'm going to try something that might not work, but the end result could be really good. What's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to learn something. Because yeah. there's that hesitance or that fear sometimes. It's like, oh, if I change something, I'm going to fall behind, or I've got to maintain my image in front of the students, whatever it might be. Then, then they kind of are really shy about just trying anything. But I really like what you said about the passion and then then really just dive into something. Yeah, curiosity, innovation, being able to be mm-hmm. vulnerable in the classroom, putting yourself out there. Um, one of the things that I keep seeing when I get do ed chats, and I'm, I'm doing ed chats all over, and I know you're... Nonstop. Well, yeah. You're, you I, blow up my Twitter, like, notifications. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Like, oh, just, Matt's tweeting again. Yeah. I, I mean, I, still, I really should say, not again, still. <laughs> <laughs> still, yeah, I can just keep going. Um, is... The, the conversation of how ed, ta- how ed tech is shouldn't be the f- only thing, only tool in the classroom, how it can be misused by teachers if it's the only focal point. Um, what are your thoughts on something like that? Are, are, is there, are there problems with ed tech? Is it overexposure, those sorts of things? Well, and I think about the things that I mentioned a minute ago that I'm interested in right now. They actually have very little to do with technology. Mm-hmm. Like I think of ed chats as being community building. I think of ed camps, same way. It's just a way for us to connect with each other. Sometimes I think in ed tech, we get so focused on what we're using as far as tools and things like that, that we kind of lose the human element of it. And that's the part that's really drawing me back is how these tools can bring us together, not find ways to isolate us even further. Because I think that that's a tendency in our culture right now is to kind of be isolated with our technology. But the things that I see that are really cool going on in education right now is how we're using technology to kind of bring us together. Can you speak to that, how um, ed camps do that? Because a lot of people don't know what ed camps are, but they're such a wonderful, simple concept of just getting together. What do you want to learn? Let's put on some post-it notes, which is very low tech. And then let's build sessions around that. Let's talk about them. Nobody's a leader. Let's just have that communication. How does that build a community? What does that do for the community? What have you seen here in Utah with that? Well, I'll give you a story about how our first ed camp kind of got started. So I, it was right around the time we started doing ed chats as well. And I was seeing this hashtag about ed camp kept popping up places. And so I 
thought, well, have we done one of those in Utah? And nobody around my area or people I was talking with had ever said we would, we'd done one. And so I'm looking at this and I'm saying to myself, okay, well, what do I want to see happen? I want to see teachers kind of connect with the things that they want to learn about. And I want to find ways that they can connect with each other. So I said, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. I'll throw out a tweet right now just to see if anybody's interested in doing an ed camp. So I just posted a, a tweet and said, hey, looking to do an ed camp in Utah. Who's interested? And within half an hour, I had a teacher from a local elementary school that said, this is the thing I've been waiting for. This is what I want to do. And now that you're involved, I know it's going to happen. And I just No said, pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> but I just kind of said, well, I'm willing to try thing, it, though? right? Like, oh, man. And so the two of us just kind of started talking about it. And within a handful of weeks, we had scheduled the date. We had scheduled the location without anything else. Like, we've never been to one. We don't really know what they even involve yet. Other than the fact that we know that they're a grassroots movement that's supposed to be organic, and we'll see where it goes. And I'm telling you, it's the scariest thing you'll ever do is to schedule a conference on a day when 125, 130 people show up and you don't know what's going to happen. Like, I had no idea. Like, the only thing I knew is I knew we had lunch, and I knew we had a speaker that was going to talk for half an hour so I could put a schedule together somehow. And the rest of it just came together. I mean, it was amazing to see... And as I was going around to the different rooms and seeing people engaged, I knew that they had accomplished it all. I didn't have anything to do with it. I was just happened to be a person who picked a place and a time and said, hey, try it. And the rest of it just built. Yeah, wow. and I love that about the Ed Camp style is, is there, it's your learning from each other. And I, I think it creates really that opportunity for teachers to look and say, oh, people either share my same pain sometimes or have the same opportunities or I'm on the same page as these other people and reinforces what they're doing. And I don't think teachers get that a lot of times or you don't get that as much from a traditional conference when you do that. But I, it's great that you just pick a date and you just go, yeah, we're going to do it. Everybody come on down. We'll, we'll get it figured out. So there are enough teachers there that you could probably get it figured out. Yeah, from my perspective, going to ed camps, because I haven't run one yet. I'm going to run one this summer, and I have a question about that in a second for both of you guys, because you've run one, uh, Quinn, and you've run one, uh, Jared. Um, but from my perspective, it's, it seems like ed camps are less about top-down knowledge, command and control. This is what you got to learn. It's more like climate control. Let's have everyone have a climate of learning and communication. And like what you just said, this idea that a lot of teachers don't have the opportunity to just have a community say, yeah, you're doing the right thing. It's okay. Just take a step forward and do it. Um, but with that said, oh, go ahead. If you want to jump in. Well, I was just going to say one thing. The one, the, when somebody asks me about ed chats and ed camps, the one thing that I always tell them is I think these are emblematic of what the faculty room should be. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like this is the kind of conversations we should have when colleagues are getting together and they're looking at like how can they grow, how can they learn, what can they do differently. And too often in education we don't find that. We find people kind of, and sometimes you need a vent. I'm not trying to say you don't need a vent, but too often that's what it becomes when we mm -hmm. get together is kind of venting. And I find that what I see happening in these spaces is that people still get a little bit of that, you know, vent time with their colleagues, but it jumps off that quickly. They get into where are we going? What can we do? What can we build? What can we actually do with this material that we're yeah. working with? Yeah. What am I going to try? What am I going to take back? What, what am I going to share? With? Right, exactly. Um, and so, personal, selfish question here. I'm going to be running an ed camp this summer for the first time. Got tapped to do one that's ELA-centered on June 1st. A little prop there, woohoo! if you're in Ogden, Utah. Hey. What would you recommend 
uh, to people who are new to wanting to run an ed camp, what would be the things that you would need to be prepared for other than have lunch? Well, uh, yeah, lunch is definitely important. I, I like what Jared said, though, was, you know, you don't know what the sessions really are going to be or how, how they'll evolve. And when you're looking at building that schedule, I mean, you're kind of panicked in a way because you want to really accommodate everybody and what they want to learn or what they want to be able to share. And so you're not going to necessarily be able to give or create all of the sessions that people put on the board, but you will have to strategically group things together that could be connected in some way. And I think helping people see that board of how maybe their topic was grouped in there helps facilitate um, what, what that, how that discussion might, mm. might go in there. So that's one thing that I noticed from doing our ed camp is it, you, you, you kind of envision or you wish that basically you get all the topics. You're like, oh, we have five of these, five of these, five of these, and there it is. But you have to be kind of creative in a way to try and link some of the ideas together to try and accommodate as much as you can. Yeah, and I would say the first time you do it, it's it really is a leap of faith because you have to give away a lot of control. Like in our normal teacher worlds, we have a lot of control over what's going on in our classrooms. We kind of know where our outlines are, and we kind of have this format of what we think is going to happen. You still have that with an ed camp, but once the board's set, you're kind of irrelevant as the organizer, I mean, to be honest with you. The biggest things that I just try and encourage people to do is don't present, you know, if you get somebody who comes in and says, well, I know everything there is to know about this. I'm just going to tell you what I know. Those sessions bomb because then they become kind of a traditional sit and get mm -hmm. where everyone's just listening to the expert up front and there's no flow. There's no community. I mean, it very much is just a traditional conference at that point. So the more you can get people away from that, um, and I will tell you, the people who tend to be better at getting away from that are the people who are involved in Twitter chats because they're used to having conversations instead of lectures. And so they know that if they're not contributing to the conversation, it's not going to go anywhere. And so a little bit about, you know, your audience is as you get people in who are more comfortable having conversations, those sessions always will go better. And the only other thing that I would say is you kind of just have to let go in general. You know, like, if a session starts to bomb, one of the cool things about EdCamp is people can go to a different session. They, that's part of their rules is just, hey, this isn't meeting my needs. I'm going to go someplace else. And uh, I don't see people, like, getting their feel-goods hurt. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I love that about the EdCamp. I've been in sessions where it's I, I fizzled out sometimes or basically everybody felt like they got what they wanted out of the session. And they mutually just agreed. They said, okay, I think – think we got what we want. Anybody have everything else? And they all got up and went to find something else. So it really helped kind of maximize their experience as well. So I love, I love that about an ed camp, that it's completely okay to get up and go find something that's really going to benefit you or, or get you going. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. The first time, the, the one I went to in, the, in January, mm -hmm. um, uh, Weber ed, ed, ed camp, um, the first session I went to, all of us about halfway through, you popped in and we all knew you as the organizer, and we're like, we're not really talking about what the session was geared towards anymore. And you just went, cool, and walked back out, and we were like, all right, no, this that, is great. Well, and that's what I loved about when you organize the ed camp. You, like Jared said, you give up that control, especially once the sessions are planned. You actually become a camper, and you get to go and participate. Whereas when you organize a traditional conference, a lot of times you're, you're concerned about logistics, where everything's at, and everything's how everything's going. 
you know, and helping direct traffic here, you, you really do. You just let go and go participate, go jump in. And and from an ed camp, like when we organized it, I, I kind of set my mission out as I'm going to go participate and try and model the behavior a little bit because it's uncomfortable to get up and walk out of a session sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I'd go into a session and I'd participate for a couple minutes and say, okay, guys, I'm going to head out. And so just, just to establish kind of, kind of, or set the bar in a way saying, hey, it's okay to get up and and head out or leave, or I'm going to go in and ask a couple of questions, and if the conversation's a little stalled or something, but but I'm, I was there really to get get more out of it than I put into it, probably. Yeah. So, so along with that, um, I mean, it seems like a big theme here is conversation, communicating as teachers, as 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 mentor groups and things like that. Um, ed chats keep coming up, um, and if you are not participating in ed chats out there in the podcast universe, basically the idea is is that there's a hashtag. It's put out by an educational community. Um, that educational community comes together for a half hour, hour, or sometimes an entire day for a slow chat, and then develops a conversation over the course of the day on Twitter. So, Jared, how did you get into ed chatting? And I, I, I've only been doing it for about two months now, but I love it. I think yeah, it's and cool. we at some point we might have an ed chat intervention. I know, yeah, because yeah. you are so you're hooked. But uh, we you can share some of your favorite ed yeah. chats here in a minute. That's but. pretty normal in the beginning, though. Yeah. Like, it's like all of a sudden you opened up a world and you had no idea it existed, and there's just content coming at you constantly, mm-hmm. and it's stuff that you've been looking for. So the way I got involved, uh, this is – I'm going to use a little Utah pride here. I was at a conference in Wyoming, and I had – they were having something called Wyo Ed Chat every Sunday night, and I had never heard of this. And I was speaking at the conference, and so they invited me to participate in it before I went to be part of the conference. So I'm looking at this. It's a Sunday night. It's 8 o'clock, and it's Wyoming, educators primarily. And there's like 40 of them on a Sunday night at 8 o'clock getting together and chatting about the upcoming conference and things that they're looking forward to and all this. And again, I stopped and I said, wait a minute. Okay, if Wyoming can do this, what's going on in Utah? Because I had never seen one in Utah. And so I started putting out feelers. Has there ever been a Utah Ed Chat? And who's been involved? And a couple of people came to me and they said, yeah, we did one once. Once. And it was a year ago. (laughs) And I looked back and I searched the hashtag and I found it. And there were 30 to 40 people that went into that chat. And I thought, wait a minute. This was like a gold mine here that was ready to go. And it just kind of didn't go. And I don't know all the reasons why it didn't go. But I just said, we're going to do this. And I picked a date and said, we're going to have a chat on this date. And here's going to be the topic. And People, if you want to come, be part of it. And 50 people showed up. You know, it was a Wednesday night. It was 9 o'clock at night. 50 people showed up, and we said, all right, we're going to keep doing this every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. And it's been consistent for the last, gosh, we started that in 2014. Wow. And so it's been consistent. Now, some nights it doesn't work, you know, where something happens. Like, we actually had a night where the internet kind of broke for everybody. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> it was on. the Utah Ed Chat that broke it. Yeah, That's sure how it good it was. That's what you're missing out yeah, on. Yeah, all of a sudden, like for everybody across the state, just the internet didn't work. And so, okay, so it didn't happen that night. But pretty much between September and May, we will have Ed Chat almost every Wednesday night of the school year. And it's different people every time. Uh, Quinn, you've moderated it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I try and do as somebody who's kind of involved on the administration side is I find really interesting educators who are doing some kind of fun things in their profession or in their personal and say, hey, how can we build this as a topic that we can have a conversation about? 
You know, one of my my favorite stories related to an ed to the ed chat, and it was a little over a year ago. We were doing some training within our district, and we were talking about professional learning communities and and, and networks and building your network. And of course, we talked about Twitter, and one of them was the Utah Ed Chat. And we put out a challenge to the teachers we were working with to join the Ed Chat that week. And Thursday morning, I got back and uh, to work, and I got an email from a teacher. And this teacher had been teaching for yeah, this probably 20-plus years, right? And, and she said, you know, I've always been a little bit leery of social media and doing those types of things, but she decided she was going to put herself out there. And she wrote me this email just thanking me, saying, you know, thanks for doing this. I was just going to pop on and just kind of check it out and watch, and I ended up participating the whole hour. And that was a topic I needed to hear. And it was really good and really energized me to go back and kind of just reaffirm some of the things that I already believed. So the topic and the timing was was perfect. So I always go back to that story because, you know, it's it's connecting with those people to, you know, that you don't usually get to connect with. And hearing those stories, I think that kind of picks you up a little bit and says, that's why I teach. That's why I'm doing what I do. And then teachers can feel like they're alone. A lot of the times gives them a community to work off of. And it's been nice for me as a newbie to it because I I was a huge Twitter fanatic back when I a few years ago when I was in grad school and then I dropped it for a few years. Um, But I have been so happy with the community at different ed chats and just jumping into them and how inclusive they are and then also how challenging some of them can be. Um, one of my favorite ones is Global Ed Chat on Thursday nights at 6 o'clock. It's wonderful because every time it's they have tons of information about what's going on, but then also challenging, challenging, challenging questions that really force me to think about my my rhetoric and how I work with things in the school. And to try and get what my responses back in, what is it, 200 characters now? Was it 240? Uh, what do you have? Yeah, yeah. around 200. Yeah, so it's. I, I just go. I just start typing until it goes red. Yeah, so exactly. I'm out of characters. <laughs> so, um, but it's it's so great to have that experience of I need to crunch everything I have down to a very short span of time or out of space. Yeah, that's one thing that I, I do like about it because I get a little wordy sometimes and rambly, but it really focuses me into kind of my main idea. And sometimes I kind of like, oh wait, it there was actually something more there that I wouldn't even have said. So You know, one thing that's really been an eye-opener for me, because when Twitter first came around, I signed up like everybody did, and I kind of just used it to take notes at a conference. And, you know, every once in a while, I'll tweet out something that I thought was interesting. But I never really thought about it as a place where I could find um, like-minded colleagues or people who could expand the way that I thought. And I remember I actually had a debate with a colleague once, and I said, so because he was saying, well, uh, these are my friends. Like these people that I've met online are my friends. And I kind of argued, now you can't have online relationships. You, wherever your relationship starts, that's where it ends. So if you start in an online space, that's where your relationship will exist is in the online space. And if you start out as in-person friends, that's kind of where your relationship starts and stays. And I, I honestly believe I couldn't have been more wrong. Like yeah. once I started to see this world open up to me and you talk about like, what about those teachers who kind of feel isolated? One of the coolest parts that I think about our little community, this Utah Ed Chat, is some of the people who come in most often are rural teachers. You know, I mean, along the Wasatch Front, we have a lot of opportunities because it's the more populated areas of our state to have professional development, to meet with colleagues, to have opportunities to kind of learn and grow um, at least more regularly. 
And we have teachers who are coming in from school districts where there's 15 teachers in the building. Or they are the language arts teacher, or they are the, you know, whatever subject area you want to go into. And they don't have a lot of opportunity to connect and to mingle with colleagues outside of large district meetings that aren't, if they're rural, they're not even large, right? Right. But still, all of a sudden, these people started coming in. And then when we would have the USAC conference, we would have a meetup. So anybody who's participated in a chat, come meet up with us. We're going to have a, a moment where we're going to kind of meet in person. And it's like a reunion. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people who've never physically met each other. And then they come into a room, but because they've had conversations with each other for the past however many weeks, they know each other. And they're friends. And they immediately, big hugs. And uh, USET is, a, is probably the ultimate reunion of this little classroom that we've created of people who will have an interest in communicating about education with each other. That's wonderful. It's pretty amazing. If you haven't checked out any EdChat, you could start with Utah EdChat. That's hashtag UT EdChat. Every Wednesday, 9 p.m. Mountain Time. Mountain Time. Right? So um, block off your Wednesday night. If you're somewhere across the nation, there's an Ed Chat for your community. You just have to get out there and find it. Um, Speaking of finding people out on the Internet, where can we find you at, Jared? So uh, a couple of the places that I frequent most often, yeah, you're going to find me on Twitter. It's just my last name. So at Covilli, C-O-V-I-L-I. You'll find me um, in a lot of different places as far as blog space and some of those kinds of things. Um, I try and contribute to different, like I've contributed to Ed, Ed Week and a few of those kinds of blogs. But uh, mostly I'm trying to focus on the local area. I mean, you'll mostly find me if you start Googling Covilli, Utah, you're going to come up with a lot of the stuff where I kind of hang my hat. So. And you also have uh, released a book, I think it was a little bit later last year, was it? Yeah, so I've written... I've got a couple of books out there right now. One was called Going Google that was originally released in 2012, and a re-release of it came out in 2016, late 2016. And then uh, a second book called Classroom in the Cloud, which is all about how we use this newfangled Internet thing to be a good teacher. So, Well, great. Yeah, check it th- check those out if you want some more uh, Covilli and uh, the Utah Ed Chat and an Ed Camp near you. If you haven't experienced that, make sure all you get them. out and check all of that out. Build your community. Um, Thank you again, Jared. We really appreciate you stopping by today and having a conversation with us. Well, fun to be with you. Thanks. Um, And that's about it. That'll wrap up this episode. Yep, you can find me at Teacher Winners on Twitter. And you can find me at Q Henderson. All right. Thank you. Thank you, and see you later.